Still recovering from that coyote story. A guy killing a coyote with his bare hands. I wonder what kind of fight it was. Did, does the coyote put up a big fight there? I would think so. Yeah, I wouldn't mess with the coyote. There's a lot of things I wouldn't mess with, though. I'm not a fan of snakes either, myself. Can you imagine that? Having to kill a snake? Even a kangaroo? That story from Florida. Yeah, I think people kind of want to like kangaroos, but yeah, if he starts coming at you, you got to... I think kangaroos have a they have latent anger. They do. Yeah. They're very aggressive, I think, if if they're pushed the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. And then Bomboli said they go into boxing mode, which would be unbelievable to have a boxing match with a kangaroo. That's why I would just let him stay by the pool and enjoy himself. Yeah, that's an option. I think the early kick in the match, I think that would shock him to know that there's this other animal that I'm fighting, a human, that is capable of kicking me in the groin. Would you try that? At least one? Does he know? Because they know how to kick, that they also know how to combat kicks. That's the thing. Probably, because yeah. they, if they fight amongst themselves, they're, they're probably used to dealing exactly, with it, Exactly, right? yeah. but they would never expect it, so you got to get that one shot, double them over, and then crack them in the jaw. What if it's a female kangaroo? That's problematic then, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, there, there's no way to know immediately. Some people would know. I, mean, I, I wouldn't guess know you the difference. Could, yeah. But, yeah. In the heat of battle, I don't know. Sean, would you like to dive into a mailbag with me? I think that's a great idea. It makes me sad because I used to say that to Ron. Every once in a, a while, maybe four or five times a show, there's pangs of sadness that arise. Yeah. What's it's good to remember Ron? him fondly, though. Well, now you make it sound like he's gone forever. In some ways, he is, right? In some ways, yeah. He said he'll be back every now and then, but I don't know if we believe him. I want to do football predictions with Ron next year. Think that would be good? Yeah, I think he'd be up for that. Every Friday? All right. First question from Bobby. Do you think Pitt makes the NCAA tournament? Fort, you? Yes. uh, Obviously, they're trending in the right direction now. If they, you know, sputter and go 500 from here on out, it might be kind of tough. But I think there's plenty of evidence that they will not sputter because they've gotten some massive wins. And I think that they've done enough at this point that – their resume is looking like a team that should be in as long as they take care of business. Do you think they need to beat both Wake Forest and Clemson on the road, or would a split do? I'm thinking they might need to beat both. I, uh, I was listening to the Noah Constrictor last night. I think he was on with Roundtree. <laughs> That's a great name. He said 5-1, and one, they're guaranteed in. 4-2, and two, he still thinks that they have really good odds as long as they win one tournament or one ACC tournament game. So I think four and two is still doable uh, again, but then you can't sputter and drop another game. So I I don't think that they would have to do that. I think four and two and then a a win in the ACC would probably get them in. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I also suggested to this fine man that Jeff Capel did the best coaching job in all of Pittsburgh. I'm talking talking Steelers, Penguins, Pirates, Pitt football, Pitt basketball. So among those five, I realize there were some great coaching jobs, you know, Pitt women's volleyball, for example. Uh, but I'm talking those five. I think Jeff Capel did the best coaching job in Pittsburgh last year. And I think if he gets this team to the tournament and wins a game again this year, the same will be true. Do you agree? I agree. And I don't even know 
who you would say would be second, to be honest. Uh, I mean, maybe if the Pirates have a good year this year, you can ask say the Shelby. national media. They'll tell you Tomlin. They'll tell you he right. should be co- he but should I don't get think coach most of the people, year votes all the time. I don't think most people here would, would have that sentiment necessarily. So, I mean, I think Sullivan certainly. Certainly not. Under Narduzzi fire, you know. not. Tomlin not. Tomlin would be the next best candidate, though. Certainly not Shelty, right? Well, I, I think this year could go a long way for the Pirates. But, yeah, to this point, I don't think Capel's really even. Uh, I don't. I think he's head and shoulders above the rest. All right. Uh, a person called I am Josh Douglas, which I imagine means he's Josh Douglas. Yes? You would think so. How many more Jersey retirements do you see in the Penguins' future? I feel like there are four guarantees, says Mr. Douglas. I imagine he's talking Sid, Gino, Latang, and Flurry. My point there would be, as I argued with Bob yesterday, if Flurry has a case, then so does Barrasso, possibly even a better one. Yes, but I... I... It goes back to do people have fond memories of Barrasso outside of playing. Obviously, he was a terrific goalie, but I think I would not, say who, not the who most cares? liked person. So, do you think that you know likability, hero status with Flurry? I would say Flurry is one of the top five most beloved Penguins of all time, and I think that Does matters. That, this is yeah. Jersey retirement, not NHL Hall of Fame type credentials, right? I mean, so I think public. Perception does matter in something like that. I hear that. Although the public perception of Yager wasn't great for a while. Um, I, I just, that wouldn't be my criterion if I were running a team. And that's why I think that Bradshaw and Barry Bonds, that it's horrendous that they haven't had their jerseys retired here. Two of the greatest athletes ever to set foot on Pittsburgh soil, I might add. Bradshaw, Bonds. Do you agree? So Bonds, I think, is tough because... Most people, I think, more so relate with the Giants for Barry Bonds. Now, he was unbelievable in Pittsburgh, but it was less than half of his career. He was gone by, what, 28 or so. So maybe they think of him more so as a player who is a Giant first and foremost. Yeah, I think they're using the all the stuff that happened in San Francisco as an excuse not to put his jersey or his number up here. We just saw Shaq's number retired by the Magic, where right. certainly he's not necessarily associated with the Magic first and foremost. I practically forgot he ever played there, to be honest with you. Um, Barry Bonds in a storied franchise history, especially in the previous century. The Pirates have had some of the greatest talents in baseball history. The only guy to win two MVPs. I, I just do. Do you then agree with their stance not to retire his number? Uh, no, I would probably do it. But again, I think that goes back to there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh who don't have very high opinion of him for one reason or another. Obviously, how he left here wasn't great, and then the the steroid scandal and things of that nature. He was not very likable at any point. Uh, as a player, but his accomplishments, no doubt, he should be there, even if he only played, what, seven seasons or so in Pittsburgh. I maintain with Bob, and I still believe it, that he is attached to, forget all the other stuff about him, he's attached to maybe the most hurtful, soul-crushing single play in modern Pittsburgh sports history. Yeah, that wasn't a very good throw home, and it's well, he'll I, always I, be ripped for that. I think unfairly attached to it. I mean, I don't think that the throw was that bad under those circumstances. But either way, however you view it, a lot of people would agree with you. Uh, He is attached to that. So I don't know if if there would be the love fest. In fact, I don't think there would be for Bonds. I think he'd be, I don't think people would boo him or anything. But it wouldn't be like this joyous reunion or anything close to it that it was with Yager. 
you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. Although I think with each passing year, uh, maybe some of that is overlooked or forgiven a little bit. The fact that he wasn't very likable for long periods of time. I think that cools over time. All right. A man named Runnin' Ref. <clears throat> Other than 66, says Runnin' Ref Rick. Who are your top three Penguins of all time to score on a breakaway to save the world? He says, I'd give you mine, but I'd rather have you rack your brain on this one. Thank you, Runnin' Ref. Your answer, Sean? Other than 66, you get three guys. I, well, you have to go Crosby. Of course. I think you go Yager. Mm, okay. And, I mean, obviously, Malkin's the, the apparent answer, but, I'm, I mean, Latang's really good. On, on breakaways. Uh, and I'm sure there's other guys that, you know, Ron Francis, one of the greats in NHL history, but I would I, I would say Latang. I have a feeling that he's a guy that I'd want getting a, a breakaway opportunity. I respect your choices. Sid's the obvious one, of course. He has 44 shootout goals, uh, including a memorable one that won the first winner classic, as I recall. A couple really memorable shootout goals. Early in his career, I think he beat Montreal. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I think that was the first shootout in Pittsburgh, by the way. And I still love shootouts, Sean. I don't care what anybody says. And it sure looks to me as I'm watching these games on TV, whenever there's a shootout, everybody's standing watching. I think people still like them. They just don't want to admit it. Yeah, it's very exciting. I think the question comes, is it fair to get an extra point by being better at the shootout? But the excitement level, no doubt, that's... Yeah, it's gimmicky, but so is three-on-three hockey, right? And I love yes. the three-on-three, yes, by it the way. Is. I absolutely love it, but you can't play that forever. We got 82 games to play here. So my choices are Sid, Malkin, although he's not great on breakaways, and neither was Yager. Yager hated the shootout, too. Didn't like participating in the shootout. So, But I'll go Malkin just because I figure he'll find a way. Is Kovalev a Maybe. sneaky pick? Kovalev's a nice pick. Yeah, I should have picked Kovalev or Latang above Gino, and I'm ashamed of that. It's okay. My third pick, Eric Christensen. This guy converted 14 of 23 shootout attempts in his career. That's the, that's 61%. That's the highest percentage of any Penguin who has taken double figures in shootout shots. How about that? And this is to save the world? Is that the Yeah, same? I believe in Eric Christensen. Yes. When I think saviors of the world, he often pops to mind. Oh, yeah, I agree with that, no doubt. All right. Here goes a man named... Uh, Oh, that's City Limits weighed in on this. I didn't even realize when that was happening. It's Austin Bechtold came in with a question. Uh, look at this guy. This guy calls himself Bob Nutting's Thoughts, at Nutting Thoughts. How can the fans trust the Steelers brass to evaluate a quarterback when they kept the best quarterback on the roster buried at number three and only played when their hand was forced? It's a good point. I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that, one, they misidentified Kenny Pickett potentially as the guy that 
you know, they obviously went with a first round pick and then they compounded it by bringing in Trubisky, who was not the right guy. And then they played both of them over Rudolph. So there should be some skepticism and doubt. Uh, That being said, I don't know that just because you messed up before doesn't mean you can't identify quarterbacks in the future. Everyone at some point in time has a misevaluation, even the best teams in the NFL. So I I agree that it doesn't look great. But how many years do we hear that the Steelers can't draft cornerbacks and then they get one of the very best in the entire draft in Joey Porter Jr.? So things can change. Well, I'm not sure the fans do trust the Steelers brass to evaluate a quarterback, you know? Uh, I don't think they do. And by the way, you can add Mitch Trubisky to that debacle. Not only did they sign him, and I was for it at the time too, they doubled down on him and tripled down on him, kept playing him when he was playing bad. That's Tomlin's fault. And also they took Chris Oladokun ahead of Brock Purdy, if you want to include that on the list. Should we, or is that unfair, Fort? I don't think it's unfair in one sense that he didn't even make the roster. So, I mean, if you draft a guy there – and then did he even like throw the ball at all in preseason? I feel like he never even got an opportunity. So no, it was just a wasted but he does, pick. He does have two Super Bowl rings. He does, Oladokun. and he's earned them. Yeah, it's just it no, seems like and he's on the practice squad. <laughs> he's mimicking the likes of Lamar Jackson on the practice squad. Seems like uh you can certainly say that that was not the the Steelers' finest moment to draft a guy and then to not give him any opportunities and then let him go immediately. I think in one of Dulac's chats, he said that Somebody on the Steelers staff was fighting for Purdy in the fifth round, as early as the fifth round. Might have been a nice pick. Although, what would have happened to him? He probably never even plays here. Never plays it down. Might never be seen again in the NFL. That's, I mean, there was a chance where he wasn't going to play in San Francisco, if not for two injuries in front of him. And then if you're looking for Arthur Smith to weigh in on the, uh, you know, with, with sound judgment on quarterback situations, his best thinking as a major decision maker, the head coach running the offense in Atlanta was to draft Desmond Ritter and spend tens of millions of dollars combined on Marcus Mariota and Taylor Heineke. Yeah, not great track record there. And it, Ritter's kind of been in some ways similar to Pickett where they tried to make him the guy and it just didn't really work. And he got two opportunities this year. I think they benched him briefly, went back to him and uh, I think they've already seen enough to say he's not the answer, and so I, I think there are some parallels between he and, and Pickett to this point. This is a disaster. Is it not, Sean? Ron used to like it when I said that. Now I'm sad about Ron again, aren't you? Yeah, a little bit. It just it comes in waves. I guess grief is that way. Comes and goes, comes in waves. Just like the waves that he's absorbing right now at the beach. This is last week's mailbag that I never got a chance to... Uh, talk about this is from josh howard whoever that is it's you and three pittsburgh athletes for a foursome of golf who are you choosing in your trio fort do you ever play golf no if you did who would be your who would be the three other people these are athletes yeah or former athletes i included i should have included jack lambert now that i think about it uh i had mario yeah i mean that would be really intimidating to, to golf with him, I think. But, uh, yeah, that would be cool. I, I would have to go with Lemieux. Troy Polamalu and David DeCastro. I like Polamalu as well. I don't probably think I would lean towards DeCastro, but I know you and he were good pals. So, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. He wouldn't even golf with me. Although it was nice of him and Al to call in for Ron's last day, Absolutely. wasn't it? In unison. I like Neil Walker. I might pick him. He'd be great. And he plays. I think he plays. Who does he play with? 
Eric Tangrady, I think those two like to play golf together. Remember him for the Penguins? I sure do. Yeah. Great guy. Surprised you didn't pick him as one of the uh, the guys on the breakaway to save the world. Josh Howard asked, <laughs> maybe. Josh Howard asks again. Boy, he double dipped here, didn't he? He really likes this mailbag. What's one Super Bowl you wish you were in attendance for? Well, for me, it's the, the 49ers Super Bowl win against the Chargers, Steve Young. I thought you were, yeah, I forgot you were a Niners fan. Yeah. It's very sad. Mine would be Jets-Colts, the the Super Bowl, the game that changed football forever, right? I think that's probably Ron's answer as well. Yeah, I wish I was at that one. And the next morning, there was a very interesting interview, Dan Rooney and Colts defensive coordinator Don Shula at, was it the Palm something hotel in Miami? That changed the course of Steelers history. Not that I would have been privy to that fort, but I would love to have been at that game. Did you have a number two? Would it have been Patriots-Giants, perhaps? No, it would have been one of the old ones, maybe Chiefs-Vikings, so I could, well, I wouldn't have heard unless I was on the sidelines. Hank Stram saying, matriculate the ball down the field, boys, which is the greatest quote of all time. Uh, What was the greatest Super Bowl? Maybe Patriots-Seahawks? That would have been a good one. Maybe Steelers Cowboys. I I 35, always 31. I always think of the the Giants stopping the undefeated season for the Patriots. That would have been a good one too. Juice Springsteen at Juicy Steen. Hello, Joe. Who is your favorite pro wrestler of all time? You a wrestling guy, Sean? Absolutely. I'm going to WrestleMania this year. Oh, that's right with Donnie Football, yes. right? Well, who's your favorite? So I'm going to go two Pittsburgh guys, uh, Kurt Angle and my friend Elias, because I grew up with him, so I can't really go away from him. So I'll say it's a split between those two. Kurt Angle, just unbelievable career and truly an incredible athlete all around, not just a professional Your buddy worked for the Elias Sports Bureau. Maybe that's his next move. I think he should. Um, I said nobody. I hate pro wrestling. I always have. I told the story of Mulsey and Donnie football watching pro wrestling back there. I just, I don't get it. I never did. I don't have a favorite. I don't care. How about that? Shut him down. <laughs> Run and ref again. Hi, Joe. If about 10% of the population, and I like the salutation. I think that's just old school politeness, don't you? Yeah, I think so. If about 10% of the population is left-handed, why aren't 10% of the starting NFL quarterbacks left-handed? I mean, is there even one these days? I pointed out that two is the only lefty in the league, but your top five left-handed quarterbacks of all time. A little tough for you to do it off the top of your head, so I'll tell you mine, Fort, okay? Sure. Uh, Jim, no, he gets bumped off, Jim Zorn. Jim Zorn is honorable mention. Mark Brunell, five. Boomer Esiason, four. I think my guy's going to be number one, to be honest. Um, Then I was split between Michael Vick and Kenny Stabler. I'm going to go Kenny Stabler, three. Michael Vick, two. Steve Young, one. Yes? My favorite football player ever, Steve Young. I agree. He he was incredible. I really like Mark Brunell, too. He reminded me of a poor man, Steve Young, for a long, long time. Yeah, he was fun to watch. He was great. So was Jim Zorn. Honorable mentions go to two phenomenal college quarterbacks, Pat White and Tim Tebow. Pat White, one of my favorite quarterbacks who ever lived. That guy was legendary in college, except for that one thirteen nine game, but I think he was a little bit banged up. Did you see Mike Vick as maybe the most physically gifted quarterback ever? Yes. 
I mean, people talk about Mahomes, what Vic did, and I know he never really put it together. He had some great seasons, but even later in his career, watching him run, he looked faster than everyone else on the field, regardless of what their 40 times were. He was nearly the MVP for the Eagles late in his career. He had a great year for them. All right, Jay Caulfield coming up. Let's get back to hockey. I've got a lot of questions for Jay. 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19 in Peters Township, celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. So we're going to talk to Jay. We're going to get back to, uh, well, one thing I want to get to today is these handshake lines. There was a fight in college basketball last night. we got to talk about that at some point. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Check out special financing for qualified buyers on new Silverado 1500 trucks. Warmer and sunny today, high of 50. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.